Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance, and for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us, and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet, from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning and welcome to Zero Today broadcast. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We are presenting a, a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and it is our hope that every time we get on this on this uh, on the airwaves, that we are empowering you, our listeners, to knowing, being, and imp- doing and impacting the world around you and as always you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey um we're doing something different now we're doing a live broadcast uh we're live on the air as well as live on facebook uh on the zero network uh facebook page so this is something new we're trying and we hope that you know expand our territory whatever um so just bear with us. Um I don't think we have the the uh don't think we have the um chat room up. We'll try to bring that up real quick and um see if we can get that up and running. Uh I, like I said, this is all new, so uh uh we got a whole lot more to do to kind of make this the way I want it to be. Uh I want to be able so you could hear uh all the things the in inner workings uh the outtakes and all all of that and I, I try to do as much prep as i can before the show so that i can get it and i'm starting actually earlier i usually try to start at 11 o'clock but because i'm um, you know this live thing i'm a little anxious and so i kind of started early and so um i i really don't know I'm I'm trying to see how um, I think I can uh, make it live on my other page too. I'm gonna see if I can make it live on um, um, let's see if I can do both. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're working. So we're live. We're live both on my on the uh, network page, Zero Network page. We're live on the broadcast, and we're live on my Facebook page. 
I don't know how to do the Instagram and YouTube and all that, but we're going to get to that. I'm I'm telling you, I'm going to um I'm going to bring up as much as I can try to try to get as as creative and uh you know all of this stuff. It's is new to me. I'm I'm really 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 bridging out <laughs> into new territories. And uh I like this new that this new laptop. Um um so anyway, I uh we're going to be taking a different approach. We got a lot of topics that we want to address this year. A lot of things. Hoping to have some wonderful guests on the program as the year progresses. And uh, we're going to invite you also. We have a Patreon page. You can go to Patreon and you can support us. You can um, you can any donation that you give will help uh, this broadcast. You know, I've been doing it out of pocket for the last eight years. Uh, not that it's a lot, you know, not that it's a lot, but um, your support will help us, you know, upgrade the show to what we need. I still don't have a website per se for the show, so we need to get a website for the show. Uh, and now that we're, we're accessing streaming, we're going to be doing more streaming with the show um, and hopefully build an audience, a, a bigger audience. So if you're joining on the um if you're joining me on Facebook, welcome. If you're on um, the Zero page, welcome. If you're joining me on the podcast, welcome, 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 welcome. Again, this is all new, and I'm kind of looking at myself in the camera. Hi. <laughs> so this is this is all new, and um, we're gonna just we're you know we're just trying to expand our horizons. But again, uh, welcome to the Zero Today Show. And um, there's a lot I want to talk about. There's a lot we're going to get into. And as stated before, want to make sure that you have visited us. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Zero Network as the show handle at Prophesy is my handle. Um, if not a part of the page, you have not subscribed or liked the show, uh, go to the Facebook page Zero Today Network like page, and you'll see archives from the last uh, almost eight years we've been doing this show. Uh, it's going on the eight years that we've been doing the show. You'll see the archives of that. Um, also, visit my personal page, Lorenzo T. Neal. I haven't updated it yet, but you can still visit and read some of the articles and blog posts that I've been there. Also, you can order a copy of my book, A Breach in the Family. I have two other manuscripts, and hopefully, uh, if the Lord wills and my discipline allows <laughs> – if I'm disciplined enough, we have another one that will be coming out later on this month, and I'll be sharing more with you about that. Um, we got some med- We have a book of meditations that we've written. We've had we got uh, a collection of sermons that we have written that I think were uh, really nice, and we're trying to archive. Uh, you know, put those in print form of uh, several essays and articles. That I posted over the years and poems that uh that so that we're going to be doing a lot this year. We're going to be doing quite a bit this year, uh, publishing. Uh, yeah, I I don't don't you know before it was a radio show before Zero Today was a radio show. I I started it as a publishing company, Zero Publishing Company, back in two thousand four, and we put out some thing we put out some things through that medium, and uh you know it's been it's it's been dormant, and so. All these things that I have had in the works, uh, I'm just going to bring them out and try to get as much out as I can because I've been sitting on so much. 
and yeah, I, I know a lot of people, and it's not always good to don't think that you know that you have that can be a blessing to someone else. And unfortunately, you know, for whatever reason, I did, and um, so we're, we're going to try to do better with that and be as much productive, be as productive as we can this year. So again, go to my page, uh, just peruse it, order a copy of the book. Subscribe to the uh, show, like the show, and all of that. So um, I'm going to get into the bulk of the of what I want to talk about uh, as we go into this new year. Uh, there's there's so much that is going on. Uh, there was so much going on last year that I really couldn't address. And then toward the end of the year, people was sick over the holidays. I really didn't do a show, and uh, I really didn't. I really didn't talk or post about a lot of the things that I was learning, and so much was being disclosed, you know, with the Me Too movement and all of this. And and um, last week I talked about being transparent, but this is, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm reading, I've been listening and watching some of the things that's been happening across uh, American Christendom, and it both grieves me. It grieves me. But it also it also brings me a sense of a, a sense of um, gratitude and a sense of uh, of humility, knowing what's happening, the uncovering that is happening, not just with this Me Too movement and sexual misconduct, but the 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 uncovering altogether. Now, I'm going to be the first to admit, I I would be afraid if people <laughs> found out my business. <laughs> And it's not like there's a lot to find out, but you know, there's that sense of fear, there's a sense of pride and guilt and shame that that, that is happening as as this is uncovering. I know for me personally, I've been questioning, you know, a lot of stuff, uh, not in, not not just improper thoughts, but you know, I've been wondering, okay, what what have I done that may have offended people, and what can I do to make myself a better pastor, a better man? And you keep hearing these stories and uh, of going on, and so 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 one of the things that I um, I saw that really disturbed me two two stories that came out over the holidays. Maybe you've heard them, maybe it's not. One is about a singer, gospel singer James Hall. He's based out of New York, and. Um, uh, the things that's going on with him, <laughs> wow! Uh, and I was trying to upload the, some of the some of the uh, audio files, and I had a problem uploading some of the audio files to play. But um, this issue with James Hall and the black church and down low men, bisexual men, and all kinds of stuff, man, it it, it was really disturbing because I. I'm sure many of you who probably don't know James Hall are probably familiar with his music, and the fact that uh, this this band, uh, uh, according to court documents, um, records, and all this stuff, this public information now is all public. It's not gossip, not rumors. All public. Um, there was a bishop who was out in the North Carolina who left his church and left his family. To pursue a relationship with this man, James Hall, 
and and pursuing a relationship, whatever kind of relationship they had, I don't know. Oh, hey, hey, Roz, and hey, hey, um, uh, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I just. Like I said, I'm so used to I'm not used to all of this stuff here. And so um I see all who don't hear but bear with me. I don't do live, but again I'm gonna try to do more of this as time goes on. But anyway, so back to this James Hall story. according to court documents, not only was he involved with this other this other man, but the man also alleged that he gave him a sexually transmitted disease, syphilis. Not only that but that he was also involved with other men uh, at the same time. And this, uh, this other preacher, bishop, or whatever he is, also alleged that those, the pastors of the church that James Hall is affiliated with were also um, on the download. I don't know how to say it. it, it it's very, very disturbing, you know. All when you know, and again, I said this is public record. This is not uh, gospel. I feel really bad for those persons who are affiliated, not just with uh, James Hall's music ministry, but with that church's ministry overall. To hear the dynamics of what was going down, and what what was probably more disturbing to me is the fact that they use church funds to do all of this stuff, you know. They use church funds to to wine and dine uh this the person this this lover. Uh I don't know how else to describe it. Um so so I, I was grieved by that because I know there are many, many, many others like him um who are in the church and unfortunately black church we don't want to deal I don't know why we won't deal with this issue of sexuality I don't know why we're so afraid of it I don't know why we would choose to repress it and we just won't I mean we are we know that they are in our congregation we know we have same loving uh people in our co- in our congregations we know that we know <laughs> particularly we have them in our music ministry that's we know that um we know that they are there, and yet we try to avoid the subject altogether. If we don't avoid it, uh, we we you know we just sweep it under the table, and this is damaging to our community. Now, if we if we're not preaching, if we say we're going to preach love, you know we got to find a balance in it. And we know what Scripture says, or what we have been told Scripture says about uh, homosexuality. But that's beside the point. That's beside the point. The point is that we are refusing to fully acknowledge these people and this lifestyles that are going on in our church, in our black churches particularly. Um, and, and, you know, blacks have the highest number of HIV AIDS cases, blacks in the South in particular, uh, black women particularly are, having, are the growing number of you know this particular epidemic, and they're getting it from down low men. Some, not all, you know, and it's 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 a very. It I hate that it's happening. I really do hate that it's happening, and to know that the church has created the element 
and, and the atmosphere for such to occur because, because we don't want to address it. I'm not talking about whether you agree with it or not. That's beside the point. Um, but, you know, we know that some of these men cover up very well. I think they call beards, you know, not the beards on the face, but with men who are are either bisexual or homosexual, same-sex loving. And they get a woman, and they bring the woman in, and they call the woman their girlfriend, their wife. They marry them. They have children. Some have children. And and, and somehow they still find a way to to um, engage in this sexual behavior. And so how do we address it as a church? I don't know, other than just talking about it, getting it out in the, in the open. Now, our church... Amy Church, we have a you know sexual misconduct policy, and and of course it doesn't directly address it, but we do direct, we do try to address it because we know it's there, and uh, we just we just have to be more emboldened. We can't be afraid. It's not it's not like we're going to die just from talking about it. It's not like the church is going to sh- you know. <laughs> it, it, look, preacher, minister, evangelist, whatever you are, you know. When you have that platform where you can say something, say it, say it tactfully, <laughs> say it tactfully, but say it. Uh, I mean, because until we are really able to engage in the dialogue and be honest, uh, it will continue. Community, and you know, I read the story, and I, I I saw a whole lot of commentary and videos on YouTube while I was sick. I mean, I when I was sick, I. <laughs> I had nothing but time. I was nothing but time to watch YouTube and Netflix. <laughs> oh boy, and some of the stuff that I saw, I, I you know, I I was thinking the basic stuff. But anyway, I digress. So I I would really love to hear your opinion on my uh, on that. If you want to call in, um, there's a show number three four seven three two three four seven two three three four seven two three seven five three zero. Or you could just hit us up, um, hit me up in the comment section down here on Facebook or whatever um, about your 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 insight or opinions on that. Um, but I I was really disturbed by that. Now I think about Atlanta. You know, there there are a lot of affirming churches in Atlanta, uh, black affirming churches, and. I don't know why we can't just allow them to be. Um, I I don't agree with the lifestyle per se, you know, uh, but, you know, as human beings, sexuality, I'm learning is is more complex than we care to admit, you know, is more than we we limit it to. And I know what the scripture says, the marriage bed is undefiled. but we know the author himself who wrote that, the author wrote that was not, or at least um, historically was, uh, we we believed to be celibate. He did not practice uh, any type of sexual. It probably was asexual. We don't know. You know, Apostle Paul probably was asexual, which is why he probably encouraged others to be like him, asexual or non-sexual, or repressed sexual. I don't know. But... <laughs> You know, uh, we've taken it to a whole different level in this day, and because we have taken it to a whole different level, 
it is affecting our community. It's affecting our church. And, you know, we're supposed to be we're supposed to be about liberation and empowerment. And we can't be empowering and liberating people if we're repressing them and we're repressing something in some degree. If you don't agree with it, fine. If you agree with it, that's even better. I'd love to hear from you about that. Um, so, oh, boy. Uh, um, this is fun. I like doing this. I might do this a little bit, a little more. Um, but anyway, if you got some, if you got some, some questions, if you got some commentary that you want to deal with, um, you see me touching the screen. I'm playing, I'm playing with this laptop, and uh, <laughs> this is all new, and I am really just having so much fun. I really am having so much fun. Um, it's, <laughs> it's different. Yes, it it is different seeing yourself. And um, hearing yourself, I'm used to just hearing myself in the broadcast, but uh, to see myself, hear myself is kind of weird, and I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know, you know, whatever. Um, so I'm gonna go a little, a few minutes longer. There's one other thing I want to talk about, as while we're talking about the, um, we, I'm still in this reign of sexuality. Uh, you know, it's carnival season here. And, and Louisiana, Mississippi, wherever else y'all celebrate it, it's carnival season, so sexuality is going to be all over the place. <laughs> Folks about to be partying. As soon as Mardi Gras, uh, the parades, Mardi Gras parades start rolling around, man, you're going to be seeing some uh, good stuff. <laughs> anyway, don't ask me where that came from. I don't know. Uh... Rise. What would be the proper context for liberate those on the download, bisexual, etc.? You know what? The proper context. That's. I mean, there's. The, of course, we must stay biblical. We got to stay biblical. The question is, what is the biblical context? Because we automatically go to either the, the Leviticus scripture or the scriptures in Romans one, and and we that's where we that's our launch pad. For the most part, or we tell the story of you know Noah and um, his grandson and and all that stuff. Um, so contextually, it's quite different. You have to go from the anthropo anthro, uh, anthropological argument um, in the in a systemic theologic theological. If you're going to make a systemic theological argument, you have to go through from the anthropo uh, anthropological argument, which is humanity in and of itself was created as we were fearfully and wonderfully made. We were also very complexly made. <laughs> we, are, we are beings that are full of complexity. Um, and when we go through the characters in our biblical narratives, we have to examine them in the fullness of their humanity. And not just the, the Sunday school and Bible school by, uh, versions of them. And when we approach it from that perspective, it's easy for us to breach that uh, that area of sexuality because it's in the scriptures. You know, we have rapes in the scripture. We have incest in the scripture. And <laughs> with our favorite character, David, and his sidekick, Jonathan, there's that, there's that sense of uh, some type of homoerotic relationship that's implied in there. You know, you can't when you go to the original language and you see it, 
and you read it, it's in there. You can't ignore it. It's there. Um, and of course, some have even implied that there was a you know same similar type of homoerotic relationship between the author of John or, or disciple John and Jesus of Nazareth. I I can't see that, but some have argued that. Um, but you you have to to um, with, within the context you have to acknowledge the uh, the humanity in the Bible. And when you do that, it does not take away from the authority of the scripture. It doesn't take away from the infallibility of the scripture or the power of the scripture. It just recognizes that the scripture contains the element of humanity and spirituality that we sometimes want to separate. And and while Paul, you know, encourages us in Galatians five, particularly in his writing in Galatians five, where he really puts this differentiation in perspective with liberty and he talks about the flesh and the works of the flesh and fruit of the spirit and we've kinda we've kinda made the works of the flesh evil and we've made the fruit of the spirit some type of wonderful attribute, which they are. They are, they really are. But the works of the flesh and, and you gotta understand Paul's context of thinking, you know, he is a Roman citizen who was trained in, in the academy in the Greek uh Greco style of thinking, stoic style of thinking and uh so he's writing from that perspective but he you know he he puts in the Christian perspective and and and, and to a degree it kind of contrasts some of the words of Christ but you know that's neither here nor there. But um I hope Roz I didn't <laughs> I hope I I tried to answer that question, um, but again, from if, from a systemic uh, theological perspective, systematic theological perspective, if you use the anthropological uh, argument, that's a good way to start. That might not be the only way, you know. I'm not a scholar, so I I fancy myself to be one some way, <laughs> but anyway. All right, uh, where was I? That was fun. That was fun. Um, okay, yeah, this is what I was going to talk about. There was um, in the New Year beginning. Um, I don't know if you guys heard of this guy, Apostle Dale Yancey. I've known of him for oh boy, I've known of him for a long time. Um, before he was. Uh, Daryl Yancey is a singer and pastor in the Fort, Dallas Fort Worth area, but he's uh, from Arkansas, and I I knew of him while he was in the Arkansas area and singing in Arkansas, and he sang with the Dallas Fort Worth Mass Choir along with uh, Kurt Franklin, uh, and on that one of those albums he led one of the songs on the album I can't recall the name of the song, but anyway, uh, uh, you know he would. He was one of the uh, up-and-coming preachers back in the early 90s, mid-90s, um, and I got acquainted with him while in college because, again, I went to college in Arkansas, and he was from Arkansas, so uh, after that album dropped, you know, he got a little notoriety. So anyway, um, anyway, thank you, Roslyn. I don't know. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, you are. 
I, I appreciate whatever that I am. <laughs> All right. But anyway, Daryl Yancey, uh, who's uh, Apostle Daryl Yancey, Pastor Daryl Yancey, whatever he calls himself, um, has been accused by um, several women of being a sexual predator. By predator, I'm not just talking about um, preying on women, but there are so far as accuse him as being a child molester, a pedophile. And it's a very, very scary thing when you when you hear such um such a thing. Um that this man, I don't know how much acclaim he has now, but again, you know, back in the nineties he had quite a few quite a bit of claim, at least <laughs> in the southern region of uh, Arkansas, Texas, maybe Oklahoma, I don't know, you know. In that suburb, southern area, he had some acclaim. And um, recently, uh, several women have come out and said that he um, sexually um, preyed on them. I don't know. I don't want. I don't like using the word sexually assaulted because when I hear the word assault, I'm thinking a physical thing, you know. And and so <laughs> this new movement has overgeneralized assault. And and if I if I have made it. Overgeneralized. I do apologize, but I just don't like using the term. But he, it, he violated their the section. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Anyway, but he he was a he. They're positing him as a sexual predator, and one went so far as to say that um, he molested the, his own thirteen-year-old daughter. Now, how true that is, I do not know. Um, but again, this is one of the things that um, uh, you can go to the Old Black Church blog, uh, the Old Black Church blogspot.com, and you can find the story here, along with several other um, uh, outlets that you could probably find. And um, Brother Leonard, the truth seeker on YouTube, did a video on it, and um, uh, I, I can't think of his uh, a few minutes of truth with Brother Leonard, the truth seeker. You can go there and find his video and his commentary. Now, he is taking it to a different level. He is actually assisting the women, particularly uh, those mothers who – and uh, those mothers who have children by him who he has – who have alleged that he molested their children and bringing um, – a criminal case against Daryl Yancey. Uh, now, um, it it, I, it it grieves my soul when I hear of stories like this of pastors who be- behaves in such manner. You know, we are given a tremendous opportunity when we are called to the ministry. And when we when we get up before people, if we're pastoring, if we're speaking, if we're exhorting, if we're evangelizing, there there's a sense of trust that is exchanged or transferred. That the people believe that we are who we say we are and in turn that we will be like we say we will be. And of course the human element, you know, we're not all perfect by any means. We're not perfect. But there's a degree of uh, uh, expectancy towards our behavior morally, 
I failed in it. I know plenty of people who have failed in it, and I I can't think of anybody other than Jesus of Nazareth who was perfect in it, <laughs> who was perfect in every manner yet without sin. But what grieves me is right, uh, Reverend Moore. To whom much is given, much is required. Integrity. What grieves me is the fact that you know that there are persons who would take advantage of this great sacred calling. And uh, I I know what it's like to get attention. I know what it's like to get attention. And I don't know why it is, you know, for some persons who um, who become like groupies to preachers or celebrity preachers. You can name some, you know, I'm, I'm quite sure every pastor, every preacher has experienced this. Male and female. I know some females who have their <laughs> their their peace. Um, you know, their their fans, their supporters. And there's I I guess there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. Because you know, if you're my fan, support me. <laughs> Don't stalk me, but support me. Uh but it's a great responsibility. It is a great Responsibility. What's up, LB? Thank you, sir. My brother, Chef uh, Devlon, um, my LB, the brothers of Kappa Kappa Psi, and to the brothers of Phi Beta Sigma, happy late anniversary to y'all and all the others um, that are out there. I'm going to talk about that one day. Um, anyway, so uh, LB, man, you made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> Um, it, it grieves me that that you know when while we have I love the attention I'm not gonna lie and say I don't like it it's a great thing it, it, it's a wonderful thing but the Lord had to help me realize that attention isn't anything the only attention that should come should come from Him to me and me to Him that that communion between us myself and my Lord is is the only attention um, and it's it's is the attention that people drive off. And some, you know, one young lady in, called him narcissistic. And there's an air of narcissism to pastoring. There's an air of um, all kinds of egoism uh, in, in, in ministry. There's an air. I'm not going to lie. You know, you have to, especially my my my. Faith Reformation, the Amy Church, man. If you're not ambitious, <laughs> you ain't going anywhere. I am not where I am because not because of the Lord's favor, but I'm also I was ambitious. You know, I did what it took to get where I am. You know, uh, I made sure that people knew me, the right people knew me and saw me, and I did my job well, and I do my job well. I make my reports. You know, I'm, I attend all our meetings and, you know, uh, I, I make sure the bishop knows my name. <laughs> but that's ambition. Yes, it, it, it requires ambition. And it requires a sense of, you know, uh, of confidence, cockiness to a degree. But when, when that is transferred and um, when that is transferred to other areas, that's dangerous. You know, when that is used as a means of exploiting other persons to get what you want, 
that's dangerous, especially when that exploitation is a sexual thing and it involves minors or it involves persons who are unable to really, really um, um, say no or engage in it. And I'm not just talking about those who have, um, you know, learning problems or anything like that. But when you're a, when you're a pastor, you're transferring this energy of preaching to the people of God, and you're you're preaching the word. And especially when you get to the the climatic moment, the climactic moment, uh, the denouement of the sermon, as you can say, the denouement of the sermon, and it's there. The people are excited, and you're excited, and you're joining in this moment. And then you gotta come back down. <laughs> uh, but when you when you're transferring that energy, it has to be is a very very delicate thing. Because if you're not careful, and if you're prideful, it can cause you to think some things that you should not be thinking, to carry out things that you should not be carrying out have behaviors and engage in behaviors that are dangerous and ungodly. And we see this all the time, these stories. We hear the stories, and I'm tired of hearing the stories. I am tired of hearing stories of of, of, of clergy misappropriating their calling and their ministry uh, to serve their own purpose, their own desires. Now, Many of us do it without realizing that we're doing it. Um, many of us do it without realizing that we do it. And perhaps that's part of the problem because in clergy training, most of us are not trained to deal with that element of ministry. Um, there's a book by Dr. Betty Price. Um, and it's directed towards women, and um, it's about um, basically watching out. <laughs> I can't think of it. I, I have the book in my library uh, at home, but I read through that book, and um, I, w- I was encouraged by her. You know, she and her husband, Dr. Fred Price, have been married for a very, very long time. I want to say about 50 years or 50-plus years. And they've been in ministry together for 40 plus years at least. And, you know, now mind you, I can only imagine how much she's had to deal with when it came to that area of her ministry regarding her husband. And she writes in this book about, you know, helping women uh, prevent such things, how not to be a be prey to these preachers and how not to prey on preachers either. Because there are those who will do both. You know, there are those who will be predators, and there we don't train preachers on this particular side of ministry. And so, uh, Paul writes about Adobus getting into to ministry, and why it's not good that they should rush into ministry because things of this nature. And I was 12 years old when I accepted my call to preach. I was 12 years old, just a little boy. And I had a very – I was surrounded by some very wise pastors, older men, which is why I behaved like an old man because I was mentored by old men. <laughs> These preachers took me in, and they, they, 
they were not perfect by any means. I learned some stories that some of them passed. I learned what they were really like, you know, but, but the time they were in their sixties and seventies, you know, they got all this stuff out the way and they were training me. They were mentoring me. They were letting shadow them. And so I developed a sense of responsibility to my call. I, I learned very early the sacredness of my call, but I also learned very early the responsibility, morally, behaviorally, of my call. But then, you know, you know I was also a teenager. <laughs> I also went through college, and I don't want to give you an impression that was holy all the time. Matter of fact, I think after, you know, uh, it wasn't until I was in my 20s uh, um, that I fully understood the depth of my human experience as a preacher. And it wasn't until in my 30s after I had gotten divorced that it really became uh, – I became more aware of it because I had so many different experiences that I had never – you know, because, you know, being a sheltered preacher, a little kid preacher, I was sheltered quite a bit. Um, now, I learned a lot of bit. I learned a lot, but I was sheltered quite a bit also. And it wasn't until my 30s that I really I really began to grasp the depth of the struggle ministers face, especially being a single minister. Uh, it's been tough. But I have such great respect for the call and the sacredness of the call to defy it and not to, not to um, taint it. And I believe what most a lot of other preachers need to do, what preachers need to do, pastors, if you're trained, I, I serve as the dean of ministerial training um, in my reformation, one of the deans. And I, I've, I've learned, and I, I'm trying to teach our, teach our, our preachers who come into our, to come into the ministry. This, you know, the preaching side is the easy part. That's the easy part. Everybody can preach. We got folk who, you know, who can tune up and do all of that. That's the easy part. The hardest part is coming out of the preacher person and becoming a human person. Because it's the humanity that is the most challenging part of our existence. Yes, we want to be holy. Yes, we want to be right. You know, <laughs> saved and be made whole, all of that. But it's that that part of us, the human side of us, that is the most critical in not only understanding but managing. And when you have preachers who take advantage of people, they not only crush those persons' trust in God, but they also crush their humanity, their trust in humanity. And that's a dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous thing. We've, we've caused people to turn away from God, not, not just from the church, but I'm talking about altogether, turn away from God because of infractions such as that, as what uh, Yancey is accused of and what others are accused of. And you can go down the list. You probably know some. You probably don't. But we 
we do more harm than help when the only thing that is required of us is to be authentic and relational. I like to use this this um, acronym real, relational, encouraging, authentic, and loving. We say it every Sunday in our church. It's part of our mission and vision statement. We say it together that we are a church where every member is relational, every member is encouraging, every member is authentic, and every member is loving. How is that? How is that carried out? It's carried out in our human walk, and you know. Th- there, there's the complexities of all of that. Um, but to hear of of a preacher that is, it it, it it it's it's grieving. Any man, any person who does anything to their children, you know, it, it's it's grievous unto us. It should be grievous unto us. And we should take it serious. Yeah. The question is how? Well, how do we? Um, how do members defend themselves against pastors who are predators? How do members defend themselves against pastors who are predators? Uh, you know what? That's a difficult question to answer. But the first thing, you know, the scripture says, "Gird up your loins." That basically means that you ought to be, you are the one who ought to be both spiritually and uh, soulishly mature. And, you know, it's okay to tell a pastor no, and it's okay, it is okay to report. Now, not every church has a system or a policy in place that can, you know, what can address that. And that's, that's sad. But if there is not, it needs to be one in place, you know. Go to the board of your church and say, "Look, what do we have? What policy we have in place for sexual misconduct, clergy sexual misconduct? What is there? What what are the boundaries of the pastor's, you know, response, you know, relationship? What are the boundaries? What should be the boundaries? In our book of discipline, we have very clear pastor's rules that are placed there. <laughs> very clear pastor's rules." That when we take that vow, we we adhere to those rules placed in our written in our book of doctrine and discipline. That's what every ordained itinerant elder, ordained itinerant deacon, or local elder, local deacon, deacon. That's the vow that we take. When the bishop lays in our hand, lays his hands or her hands on us and says, "Take thou authority." We are taking authority to be confined and constrained to the rule behaviors for clergy and pastors in our book of discipline. So if there isn't one, then what should be done is maybe you should get together with your congregation or your board and say, look, we don't have this policy in place. We don't have this policy in place and to be proactive. You know, the goal is to be proactive, not preventative. And, and proactive and preventative, and not reactive. Um, and you know the reality is, a lot of pastors will probably fight against it if they if they feel that they should have power and to be able to do what they want. And if that's the case, you leave that church, plain and simple. If the idea of setting boundaries for him or herself, 
with relationships, you don't need to be there. Plain and simple, you do not need to be there. They don't need to be there either. <laughs> Y'all talk back to me. I'm on. I only got a few more minutes anyway. I, I only scheduled this for an hour, and um, I got about seven more minutes. Um, I really appreciate you guys joining in um, on this broadcast with me. This has been fun. <laughs> this has been really fun um, doing a live radio broadcast and doing a live broadcast, both two different uh, – I'm on my – Pastor, uh, the Zero Network Today Facebook page, as well as my personal Facebook page, which many of you are tuning into, so I appreciate it so much. I really do appreciate it, um, you tuning in. And I try to do this every Wednesday at 11, um, but again, I got a little excited because of <laughs> because, you know, trying this new technology and whatever. But anyway, I again want to invite you to uh, – if you haven't gotten a copy of my book, yes, I'm putting a plug in. Go get you a copy of my book of Breaching the Family. Man, I, I, uh, <laughs> you can order it at LorenzoTNeal.com. It's a discounted price on there, and you can order it from Amazon. Um, it's, on, it's available on Amazon.com. Um, you just Google it, uh, Pastor Lorenzo Deal. Now, if you Google me <laughs> – you Google me. Don't put in Lorenzo Neal. You're going to get the football player. Put in Pastor Lorenzo Neal. You get all of that stuff. And you can follow. You can go and you'll see archives of the show that I've been doing since 2010. Now, again, this is going in the exceed of this show that I've been doing it. And uh, you can hear archive shows. And, you know, I love to hear some of your ideas and uh, suggestions and um, all of that. I really appreciate it. But I am about to get off. Um, I've had too much fun. I appreciate you all um, joining in with me on this. And those of you who made comments, you can leave a po- comment again after that. Uh, you can always hit me up, uh, email PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. That's my uh, personal email. You can do that on today at gmail.com. Hit up there. Um, I'm on all social media, so that's pretty much it. Thank you guys for tuning in. This has been one fun little thing. <laughs> this has definitely been an illuminating journey for me. And uh, we hope to do it again soon, uh, very soon. And you join with us. But till then, I'm going to get on out of here. Y'all can't hear the music. <laughs> you can't hear the music, but I'm getting out of here. The music is going off the broadcast. Next week, I'll be on, uh, and I'll figure out how to get this because all this stuff working. So you can hear all my man, I got some good stuff. I have fun with this, but until then, I gotta go. Uh, God bless you.